You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, everyone. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... Good morning, John Clark. John Clark. And we are having a wonderful morning. If you're just tuning in, you know, we're at the top of the second hour, and you missed a great hour, a first hour. And so I just want to let you know that there are podcasts that will be available later today on the website, realpresenceradio.com, also available on the smart app or on the smartphone app under podcasts and Real Presence Live. We, in the first hour, if you, if you did miss it, we talked with Eli Copenhaver about his journey through cancer and how he's giving back to the community by organizing an, a, a car show which benefits Make-A-Wish North Dakota. There's, there's, there's live music, there's going to be cars, and he, he just he's 20 years old and he organized this entire event and it's not the first time he's done this event. The, the purpose for it, he he told us was he wants to gather toys for the young wish kids to make them feel comfortable when the make a wish foundation first visits them and and so i think that's kind of neat no no enter, no admission fee um they'll certainly take cash donations and gift cards and things such as that but that's how you get to the car show is you bring a toy yeah so if you want to learn more about that even get signed up you can visit makeawishcarshow.com that's makeawishcarshow.com we also spoke with Deacon Mike McEwen about deliverance prayer and, and unbound ministry and just some of the things that, you know, we struggle with when it comes to wounds and finding freedom from those. So again, I really encourage you, if you missed the first hour, please check out the podcast, realpresenceradio.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. We are at the beginning of a second hour and uh, we're coming in with a bang here, John. Yes, indeed. We have His Excellency Bishop John Folda of the Diocese of Fargo joining us now. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning. Thanks for being on with us. I'm glad to be with you. Thank you. So we just celebrated a, a pretty significant solemnity in the church, and that was yesterday. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, yesterday we celebrated the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul, the two great apostles of Rome. And uh, it's a, a one of the highest feast days, one of the highest solemnities that we celebrate during the entire liturgical year. So it was, it's a great event. Yeah, I wonder if you can just explain that, because some people might be hearing the word solemnity and going, what? Um, maybe you can just explain the, the different levels of, of feasts that we have. Sure, sure. The liturgical year has special celebrations like Christmas and Easter and certain uh, feast days like Saints Peter and Paul and the Assumption of Our Blessed Mother and Immaculate Conception and, and many others. A solemnity is the highest in rank of those, so it takes precedence over all the others. Then there are feast days, which are uh, also great celebrations. Memorials, which usually um, are celebrations of specific saints. Some of those are optional. Some of those are considered to be obligatory. And then just the ordinary ferial or weekdays that we celebrate uh, on a routine basis. So so what we're talking about with Saints Peter and Paul is a, is a pretty big deal. It is. It is. Why is it such a big deal in the eyes of the church? Well, I think it goes back to what we read in the scriptures. Peter was the first chosen of the apostles and, and by all accounts was the leader of the apostles and uh, became the first bishop of Rome. He, he set off to spread the gospel after our, our Lord's ascension when he left uh, Palestine. He moved on to what was then called Asia Minor, to the city of Antioch, and he uh, worked with the, the church there. But then he moved on to Rome, and he became 
the leader, the bishop of the Church of Rome, and, and in that sense, he has uh, you know, a universal significance for the entire church, even to our time. Paul, on the other hand, didn't know Jesus during his lifetime here on earth, but he came to know him through his, his spiritual, his mystical encounter with him on the road to Damascus. And from there, you know, after this enormous conversion of his life, he went off uh, to become the greatest missionary, really, that the church has ever known. And the two of them both ended up in Rome, and they, they both are associated with the beginnings, really the founding of the Church of Rome, and they're both honored together by the Church of Rome and therefore by the Universal Church, too. Yeah, that was another question I was going to ask. You know, many of the apostles have their, their own you know, feast day. Why do we put Peter and Paul together? Well, they're so associated with each other in the, the building up of the church, especially in Rome. And they were martyred, not together, not like on the same day, but their, their martyrdom has been observed by the, the Church of Rome jointly, really, from very, very early times. It probably was within, you know, a couple years of each other, but, but their stories are both found in the Acts of the Apostles, and their martyrdoms are accounted by different fathers of the church and, and many of the early, early writings of the church. So again, their lives have just been associated with one another from very, very early days. And the, the Church of Rome and, and the Universal Church have honored them together customarily and traditionally all this time. And they met their demise in Rome, They right? did. Both? Yeah. They did. And, and they died, uh, Peter was hung, or was crucified upside down, correct? He was. Peter was crucified, but he was crucified upside down because he didn't consider himself worthy to be crucified in the same way as his Lord. He was, he was very conscious of his own failings, his own sinfulness, and even his own denial of Jesus. But, you know, he willingly went to Rome and accepted the, the challenge and even the, the sacrifice of his own life that came with that. And he was crucified. Paul, who was a Roman citizen, uh, was martyred uh, by beheading. That was considered to be, you know, a more humane way, uh, uh, the, the, the execution of a citizen. <laughs> You know, in our minds, it still sounds pretty brutal, but that was that was what they did. A little so. quicker than crucifixion, I would that's, imagine. That's the deal. <laughs> it's probably the... Yeah. <clears throat> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, I think one thing <clears throat> that's interesting is that, uh, you know, when Jesus was, was alive and, and, and walking with the apostles, he, he hinted at the death that, that Peter would have. He hinted at, at, the, at this, and I, I don't know for sure, but... but I would guess that it probably didn't connect well with, with Peter at that point. You know, like, what are, you, what are you saying, Lord? And yet, one of the things you said is he willingly went to Rome, right. um, knowing that he could potentially die. Sure. Talk about just that, that progression in, in Peter, which is such a, a beautiful thing as, as we look at and, and can relate to a lot in our own journeys of holiness. Peter is one of my favorite characters in the in the Gospels, because he's so very, very human. You know, he shows all kinds of human frailty. He's bold, he's headstrong, he's impetuous, sometimes foolish. You know, he even went so far as to deny Jesus. Um, he argued with Jesus about different things and tried to steer him in a different direction. But Jesus very patiently pulled him along, carried him along. And after the resurrection, you know, it's almost as if Peter's eyes were completely opened to what was actually happening. There's this wonderful passage in the Gospel of John where there, Jesus is talking to Peter one-on-one. -on -one. And remember that uh, 
that dialogue that they have. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Jesus asks three times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, Lord, you know that I love you. And Peter gives, or Jesus gives to Peter responsibility for his flock. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep. Um, so there, there is this progression. And Jesus gives Peter this responsibility of caring for his own flock, his own people. And Peter takes this, you know, he, he goes with it. He, he follows where Jesus leads during our Lord's time here on earth. But then he, he's moved forward and he goes all the way to Rome, which at that time literally was the center of the, the world for them. And uh, it was there that he, he really kind of uh, took on leadership, you might say, in a bigger sense for the, the church. And it was there too, knowingly, you know, that he accepted the possibility of his own martyrdom because, uh, you know, there was hostility to Christianity at that time. And, and so Peter's uh, transformation was remarkable. I, again, I, I could go on and on about him, but that scene where Jesus is walking on the water on the Sea of Galilee, and he, Peter, of course, and all the apostles are frightened, and, and they wonder who this is. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. And Peter, remember, he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to walk on the water. And Jesus says, come. Well, Peter steps out of the boat. That, that was a pretty big act of courage to start with. But, you know, as soon as he starts to think about everything going on around him, he, uh, he sinks into the water and cries out to the Lord, and mm-hmm. the Lord pulls him up. And I think that's just the story of Peter all the way through. Peter steps forward. He experiences failings. Uh, the failings of humanity, of his own humanity, but then our Lord pulls him along, pulls him up out of the water and saves him. And isn't that our story too? Yeah, but you know, if we think about like, who says that? You know, you're in, you're in the middle of the, the sea and you're like, Lord, if it's you, you know, tell me to come to you. And uh, he gets out of the boat. I know. He gets know. out of the boat. I just onto picture the water. Jesus like, shaking his head, rolling his eyes, going, "Okay, get <laughs> all come on, Peter." Yeah, Jesus is going really. <laughs> so you know, in in a way, it's like he's very. Um, you, what's the right word? He 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 doesn't hold anything back no. with the Lord. No, which doesn't. is really cool because in one way, you know, he's like. He's really inspirational. In another way, you're like, I think you should just keep your mouth shut. But but in any case, he gives everything that he has right. to the Lord. I right. wonder if you can just speak to that a little bit. Well, absolutely. You know, he had his hesitations at first. He balked at different things, but eventually he was all in. You know, he gave everything he had. He he Even the very fact of traveling from Palestine to Rome. I mean, we think of of that, you you know, you jump on a plane, <clears throat> excuse me, you jump on a plane and you're, you're there. In those days, that was a major life-threatening um, journey. And so, in a sense, that's a metaphor, I think, for Peter's whole journey. He was all in. He, he gave himself entirely to our Lord. He had that encounter with Jesus, risen from the tomb. He received that commission from our Lord. You know, remember Jesus named him Peter, you know, the rock, mm-hmm. Petros. And, uh, and so, he took on this role of being the rock, the, the, the leader, uh, the first of the apostles, and, and uh, went all the way with it. You know, he gave his whole life for that. 
Well, we have to step away for a break, but stay with us because we have plenty more to come with Bishop Fulda. We're talking about the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul, which we celebrated yesterday. And when we come back from break, we're going to dive more into the humanity of both of these saints and and recognize that holiness is not unachievable for any of us. And we can see that through their lives. All this and much more when Real Presence Live continues. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Have you forgiven those who have hurt you, especially those who abandoned or left you after taking their own life? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus says that you can only be forgiven by God if you forgive others. It is one of the most important things you can ever do, for if you don't, you are jeopardizing your own salvation. When you refuse to forgive someone, you are not hurting them, you are only hurting yourself. Forgiveness is a critical part of the healing process, which includes forgiving yourself. Also, forgiveness may not be nearly as difficult as you think. So join us and learn how to forgive, and God can fully forgive you through His love and mercy. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us. And if you're just joining us, we are visiting with Bishop John Folda from the Diocese of Fargo. And we're discussing the solemnity of St. Peter and St. Paul, which we celebrated yesterday. Um, before we went to break, um, Bishop, we were talking about Peter and, and his, his journey and his acceptance to, um, to go to Rome, knowing that he will certainly be martyred. Mm-hmm. And um, so in a way, I look at Peter's being called home. And Paul, on the other hand, when he, you called him a, the greatest missionary Right, and he went out. Right, he went out and among all the all the lands to preach. So you have one person coming home. Eventually, they meet in Rome. Um, one person coming home, one person going out. Talk a little bit about Paul and, and his life. And sure, Paul Paul was from Tarsus, and he was a Jew, but 
He was also a Roman citizen. He was a learned man. He described himself as a Pharisee. So he was part of that religious uh, faction or sect, you might say, in, in Judaism. He was a fervent follower of the Mosaic law. And, you know, initially anyway, when we meet Paul, his name was Saul at that time, and he was persecuting the church. He was, you know, passionately uh, set against this new way of the Christian faith. And uh, he, he received a commission, in fact, to, to hunt down the Christians and to, to seek them out and to really eradicate them, you know, at the very least put them in jail. Um, but it was on the road to Damascus, as we well know from the Acts of the Apostles, that he had a vision of Jesus. And uh, our Lord asked this famous question, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? In other words, Jesus was identifying himself with the faithful uh, with his with his followers, and from that moment, Saul's life was changed. Um, there was a time, I think, of of reflection. He was struck blind, as we well know. But but when he kind of got a, a grip on what had happened to him, he went and sought out the apostles, you know, Peter and the others, and he began to preach Christ. It, it was really an amazing turnaround because you know here was a man who was persecuting the church. Then he began to preach Christ, first in, there in Palestine, but then he set out. He had these three amazing missionary journeys and set out to different communities all around the Mediterranean basin and began to preach the gospel. He went into places where people had never even heard of Jesus. You know, there's this famous incident where he stands up in the, the public marketplace in Athens called the Areopagus and he just starts to preach Christ. And, you know, the Athenians are sophisticated people and they kind of scoffed at what he was teaching, but some of them listened. And, and all in all these different uh, communities, Corinth and Philippi and, and uh, you know, Colossae and all the others, he established churches and, uh, or, or confirmed the churches that were already there in their infancy. And he wrote these letters that we're so well familiar with from the New Testament. And uh, so he was a man on the move. And eventually, you know, as we said before, he too ended up in Rome. He traveled to Rome because he sensed as Peter did, the importance of being there in the center of the empire, in the center of the known world. And from there, he continued his work of preaching the gospel. And uh, it was there that, like Peter, he also gave his life for the faith. So. Something that's really interesting to me, Bishop, um, are names. And, you know, we, we saw in Friday, uh, in Friday's reading from Genesis, we saw Abram become Abraham and Sarai become Sarah. We see that Simon becomes Peter, right? When, when he gets his, his responsibility, we see Saul become Paul. And what's, what's really striking to me is, is I've, I meditated on that um, in, in prayer is just how it expresses our journey, right? right? We, we are no longer this, we are, we are this. Right. I mean, we are called by, and God gives us that name, right? We're, we're called by name. I wonder if you can speak a little bit to how their journey and their, and their transformations relate to our, our own journey and, and taking up who we are called to be as beloved sons and beloved daughters commissioned at baptism and confirmation. Sure, sure. Yeah, you bring up a great point, Brandon. The, both Peter and Paul had that change of name, which really um, underscores the change that occurred in each one of them spiritually. It was like a, a new mission, a new life that they embraced. Uh, and, and 
don't we all have that same experience? We're all on a similar journey of conversion. We're all on a similar journey of discipleship. You know, this is something Pope Francis talks about all the time. We're called, every one of us by baptism is called to be a missionary disciple. I think you could say that's what Peter and Paul were. They were missionary disciples. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, they had their own sinfulness that they had to repent of. And it, you know, that's a lifelong project. That's not once and done. I'm sure that Peter still struggled with his own sinfulness and probably even with regret over his denial of Jesus. And yet he forged ahead. Paul, you know, he was actively persecuting the church. He spoke of this in his own writings. He refers to himself as the greatest of sinners. Think of that. You know, if, if, if Paul is the greatest, greatest of sinners, what does that mean for me? Um, I, I think that they're such good examples of the humanity of those who follow Christ. You know, our Lord loves us in our humanity. He loves us even in our sinfulness, but he calls us out of that sinfulness into holiness, into his kingdom. And that's what Peter and Paul did. You know, they, their journey to Rome, Paul's journeys all over the place. You know, these are really metaphors, you might say, for, for each one of us. They're symbolic of the, the journey of being a follower of Christ. And you know, the mission that we've all got, we all have a mission to proclaim Jesus to everybody we know and to live that faith actively. We're visiting this morning with Bishop John Folda of the Diocese of Fargo about the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul and who Peter and Paul were as, uh, as men and how their, their journeys progressed so that they become some of the, the saints or, or some of the church's great saints, you know, as we just talked about celebrating a solemnity, an elevated feast day in the church. You know, um, we just finished up Religious Freedom Week, and we look at our culture around us, which, I, I mean, we're not necessarily red martyrs dying for our faith, right. but but there is hostility towards Christianity. Um, and, you know, I wonder if we can talk a little bit about just the example that that Peter and Paul set and, and how they, they reached the point where they were willing to die for the faith because it was that important to them. Sure, sure. It's no accident that this Religious Freedom Week culminates with the solemnity of Peter and Paul. You know, they did both give their lives for this faith in Christ. And um, at that time, we have to realize this was still the first century. This was at the height of the Roman Empire. Even in the Jewish uh, culture, they were considered to be outlaws in a certain sense because they were preaching a type of heresy against what was understood to be the Jewish faith, the faith of Israel. Um, so, but they were fearless, and they went forward. And they're good examples for all of us that we have to sometimes be willing to stand up for what we believe in Jesus Christ. We have to be willing to uh, stand against the winds of the culture. And as you said, Brandon, the culture is kind of hostile to us, and I think it's becoming more and more so. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, alarmist about this, but I think we have to be realistic, and we have to realize that um, the cultural winds of our time are certainly less favorable to Christianity than they were even a generation ago, certainly two generations ago. And Peter and Paul are, are just great examples of this fearlessness, this willingness to make sacrifices, even, you know, in their case, the sacrifice of their lives, to stand up for Christ and to joyfully proclaim Christ. You know, there's, 
I, I think always a, a risk that we become fearful and that we kind of become insular and, and turn in on ourselves. But that's not what Jesus called us to do. That's not what Peter and Paul did. You know, they were out there. They, they went outwards. And that's what some, something that, you know, our, our recent popes have all told us to do. We always have to be pointed outwards and be ready to witness to the faith. And uh, this is something that Peter himself wrote in his first epistle. He said, be ready to uh, give witness for the hope that is within you, to give testimony. And Paul did it. Peter did it. We all have to do it, you know. And, and we're, we're trying to defend this freedom that's enshrined in our Constitution here in the United States. And sometimes that's uh, been challenged and even eroded in some ways, but... By living our faith, I think we show to the world that we're serious about this and that we believe it and that we want to share this with others. So it's a, it's a great opportunity for us. They're Pe great examples. They are, exactly. They're great examples. We're reminded of uh, Peter, and, Peter and Paul throughout the course of the year. There are other feast days that right. bring in Peter and Paul. What other feast days are there? And, and uh, I like the way that it's, it kind of reminds us, it brings those people of saints into our lives once again and remind us who they are. Right. On January 25th, we always celebrate the feast of the conversion of St. Paul, that episode in his life when he had this encounter with Christ and, and you know, his life really changed from one who was opposed to Christianity to one who completely embraced it and lived it and proclaimed it. And then in, on February 22nd, we celebrate the chair of Peter, which is a a recognition of his role, his his uh, authority as the first of the apostles, as bishop of Rome, as the uh, the leader of the church that Jesus himself called the rock. And as you said, John, you know, throughout the year, we think of these apostles and all the other apostles too, and really all the saints who witness to this faith of ours. And they're great examples for all of us. And sometimes they show us that we have to be willing to make some sacrifices too. And, uh, you know, that should be a daily part of our our lives as Catholics. Bishop, we just have a minute left here. Um, you know, what are, what are some final thoughts that you have that uh, we can take and just reflect on and, and meditate on when it comes to Saints Peter and Paul? Well, I just think, again, as I said, they're, they're such great examples of uh, true fervent followers of Christ who, who are also very human. You know, we think sometimes we think of the saints as, Images on holy cards or in stained glass windows, but these guys were people just like you and me. Um, I would suggest to all of our listeners, read the Acts of the Apostles, and, and you really get a sense of the story of both of these great apostles and uh, what, they, what they did and how our Lord impacted their lives, and I think that's a good example for us, too. Thanks so much for being on with us. We got uh, Bishop John Folda, Diocese of Fargo, uh, visiting about the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul, which we celebrated yesterday, and um, just some good advice to reflect on Scripture in looking into the Acts of the, the Apostles to learn more about who these two men were. So thanks again, Bishop. You're welcome. Glad to be with you. All right, we do have to head to a break, but stay with us because that giveaway I've been teasing throughout the show is coming up next for a great event. So get your phones ready. We'll tell you about it and how you can win a few tickets when Real Presence Live continues. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 